all of our heels this week. Like, it's going to suck because Dylan's the go-between, meaning it's going to be me talking about something dark, Blake talking about something dark, and then Dylan being like, I don't like the Nightmare Sisters. Fuck you. <laughs> I can I can talk to you about why they're terrible people. No! In kayfabe. Okay. That's gonna be... No, that's part of why they're heels, is that I'm... I can't explain to you why I don't like them so much, but, like, something about how it's going, like, the story itself has made me so jaded, and the fact that, like, like, Brandy is the wife of one of the VPs, and now they're in the finals... For this, like, women's tag tournament, even though of the tag teams, like, they're not the, I guess they are technically a favorite, I don't know, but, like, they became heels. Oh, wait, they are? Yeah. What the fuck? We'll we'll get into that. Welcome to Fight Boys, a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm your host, the man that leaked fake spoilers for Dynamite, Scotty Moore. I'm the king of stakes, Blake Tanner. I'm not going to be in the crowd at that AEW show. Oh, oh! I thought you meant that you weren't going to be in the fucking Mad Max Thunderdome, because they released video of that today. It is so <laughs> fucking great. Um... It's so uh, I it genuinely would look better if they put green screen all around that fucking arena and put in the WWE 2K19 crowd. Like if you'd put in those fucking Tony Hawk NPCs, it would be so much better than what they're doing instead. Why didn't they just have the hard cam in the same place, like looking at the entrance ramp? Yeah, and then you could like cut to people because I think someone did that before, where they cut to live reactions of people at home. That's cool. That I don't mind that at all. But just these bright. Someone said, and this is the nerdiest reference. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it nerdiest reference on this show. And they go, "You remember at the end of the Digimon movie when all of the kids sent in emails to stop the evil virus?" I said, "That's what the Thunderdome looked like." And I said, "Oh my god, you're right. They're all gonna pop in during fucking Retribution's attack at the end of the show and prevent them from doing it." Wait, is that really how the Digimon movie ended? Like a bunch of kids dedoxed the bad guy? Yeah. <laughs> it was a DDoS attack from 13-year-olds, and that's how Digimon ended. This was, you need to understand, in the early 2000s when that was plausible. We do need to give a, a, a the king is dead, long live the king, to Renee Young, because, oh man, I'm I'm so fucking excited for wherever she goes and wherever they let her be Renee Young. Because, like, Paul Heyman put it the best. Renee can make anybody look like a million dollars. It doesn't matter who you put with Renee. Renee can make them a, a fucking star in an instant. And, it, you know, if you haven't inferred already, of course, or heard it, Renee Young is leaving the WWE. She is moving on to some greener pastures. And recently she did uh, post a promotional uh, photo of her new cookbook that does feature her sitting on a counter and Moxley is drinking a beer in the background. <laughs> and she looks like extremely well put together and like a professional photo posing 
and Mox looks like Mox. Did you see the fucking tweet where she goes, I uh, I asked Mock, or I asked John to get me a beer, and he fucking responded that I had to pay him $3 like he's a shitty DoorDash employee? Yeah. <laughs> it's the gig economy, man. It's saving us. <laughs> so, uh, I, um... On the one hand, I'm looking forward to what she's doing because it's kind of like a Brandy Road situation where I was just like, oh, good, you go out there, you do things. Like, it must be very difficult for you to be there after as one, a female employee, and then two, when your husband is out doing good, like, great work for other companies. Yeah. Um, and then on the other, on the other hand, I'm just like, man. I'm sure you had some good things planned, and it just didn't work out. Also, Paul Heyman saying that he owes someone is, like, the biggest backhanded compliment ever. Because Paul Heyman owes thousands of people. (laughs) Most of them worked in ECW. Well, that's that's the thing about, like, Paul Heyman saying he owes you is just adding, like, another name to an endless list. Like, congratulations. Like, who cares? Where would... It's like being... It's like being a person in the Thunderdome on the side that they don't see on hard cam. Like, nobody notices anymore. Where would you guys put Renee? Because, like, here's my... I was like, well, maybe she can go to AEW, do commentary, but... It's not that she's bad. No, she shouldn't do commentary. Do you not remember her commentary? that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's not that she was bad at it it was just a matter of like she's such a nice person <laughs> that she can't be like what a vicious move she's like i think they seem nice she's a she's a host first and foremost like of a show that is what she should be doing i mean honestly if she doesn't stay in wrestling a lot of big like sports networks would take her in a second like maybe even espn um i i would be very i don't know what you would call it you could do some kind of pun with ignition like the aftermath like after the bomb goes off the aftermath and have basically talking smack but with renee young interviewing different aew guys and i wouldn't i wouldn't hide the fact that she's with john i'd be they'd be they could straight up use that for storylines i would never put her with john i would say they're two employees of the same I, company i really want her to i really want her to not be an aew just so i don't have to deal with them trying to be like well how do we address like the wife of the wrestler like having to deal with the act and like nah nah fam it, it, i just fine when- just let her go be on espn yeah. or let her go like have her own show and like in Vegas, or I don't, I don't <laughs> care. Just please, just let her get out of the her fucking weekly place in Vegas. She comes up now. Hold on, let me throw this one out. No, no, no. Like that, she hosts in Vegas or her own show. I don't know, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to put a glass ceiling on what Renee Young can do. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? You sexist motherfucker. Guys, grocery games. Oh my god, Renee's grocery games. Yes, absolutely. But like I think if if John stays babyface, it's fine. But like that was the big one of my biggest problems with the my, or the Ambrose heel run was the fact that she had to be on commentary constantly. Just like I don't know, he's going a little crazy. Who knows what's going on? But until that day, which I don't know if that won't happen for years, I think she would do really well anywhere. Honestly. Uh, on to my favorite YouTube video I've seen this week, and it's honestly, it is very intriguing that they did this, but it is Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre sparring 
to prepare for SummerSlam slash TakeOver uh, porno. Uh, respectively and it's such a cool video because you see keith and he's still selling the fireball he's still like selling the eye stuff and they're going back and forth do it you're basically getting to see what a match could be there and in addition they're sitting there like when we ever meet oh yeah it was that evolve show right and of course they're just trying to be like evolve you know the show that's now on the wwe network that you can watch every weekend whenever you want but it was it was such a good genuine moment to see like these two big champions who came from small beginnings be able to just chat and talk about the fact that wow we have gold now mm-hmm. i always like genuinely candid moments in wrestling even like, even though WWE still finds a way to produce them um, more than I'd like, but that was a fun video to watch, and it was a good like a good tease of if they ever get a chance to meet, which I kind of hope they do. I would love to see that fucking match. I mean, the amount of matches Lee can do is. I, fuck is limitless i didn't want to say it but i did he can he, i don't know if there's a person on the roster i wouldn't want to see keith lee fight baron corbin yeah well <laughs> mm, there he goes there it is that's it ah uh, you just had to ruin it you just had to ruin it that quickly how, how much do you really want that how much do you really want the riddick moss versus yeah. keith lee match uh also i will say i i still hate the storyline and i hate that adam cole's fighting pat mcafee but i will say this is the best adam cole has ever looked in like in the past year because babyface adam cole i forgot how much of a badass he could be because pat mcafee came out did pat shit and apparently what everybody says was it was a good heel promo and that's because he's an asshole and then guards got in the ring to try to stop cole from coming after him and cole just fucking like jackie chan beat the shit out of all of them like big boots super kicks whatever and then in one simple sentence made me believe in adam cole and it's just looking mccavy in the eye and going I'm going to make you my bitch. And Pat McAfee realized he fucked up in that moment. That was the moment because it was so good because he cut this epic heel promo of like grandiose bullshit. And then Adam Cole super kicked a guard in the face and they cut back and Pat is staring in horror at what (laughs) he has wrought this weekend. Good. Uh, I love a genuine fearful reaction from a heel as they realize that shit's about to go down. Yeah, exactly. And I the only way I see Adam not coming out on top is I think they teased something with Kyle not being happy a couple. So maybe Kyle turns on him. But outside of that, I don't think there's a way you can have Adam Cole lose, even though he'll probably lose. And it'll make me very sad at the 30 at the, the 30th edition of takeover. We're going to have Pat McAfee. Win our match against our our star star of the brand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we're we're saving predictions for the end of the show. That way we can keep everybody around. So we all know what we think about this one, though. Uh, in addition, uh, Sean doesn't know how to sell a punt. So good for you, HPK. Uh, who was it? So Somebody what, said what happened. To be fair, so here's what happened. It was. Um, he cut this promo about how, like, you'll see it coming when somebody comes for you, and then Randy Orton out of nowhere is him, which is kind of ironic. 
So he RKO's him and then he immediately goes for the punt. The way I the way I kayfabe it is he didn't have the full wind up of the normal punt when he's all the way in a corner and gets a full ring start. He only had like two steps and kicked to the head. Okay, so that's what it was. Because Sean also also of all also of all the people, uh, HBK is the the greatest like wrestler that is not an ancient man, Ric Flair. Yeah, so. Clearly, he can he can get out of it the the the, the best. He fought the Undertaker twice. Like one punt's not going to keep I him down. Come I on, can't, I think it might have been Leo Rush who said 2008. Shawn Michaels would have sold that kick for the next three months. He would have never been seen again. That would have <laughs> retired him for real. He would have he would have somehow flown over the ropes, Hulk Hogan <laughs> style, into the crowd, gotten up, done a ballerina twist. And then somersaulted forward. Oh, but uh, Blake, full story is after he got punted, he ended up back on his feet before the end of the segment. And so people were like, come on, man. <laughs> it's right before SummerSlam. You can't do that. Don't give me that half punch shit. Yeah, so that happened. And then uh, I'm actually, I guess it's because it's not been fully confirmed yet. And that's why it's in none of our heels. But uh, Shane McMahon might be riding for Raw soon. And if that happens, we're not covering wrestling anymore. Not <laughs> any wrestling. I will be done. To be fair, so so he's like the head writer or he's in charge of Raw and like Vince is giving over control? Uh, no, head writer for Raw. So like Vince will still be there fucking oh, things up. I read executive but... director. Is that not like... Oh, is it that? Yeah. It... Okay. Yeah. Because from what I read, it was because Pritchard is over both now, right? Raw and SmackDown. From what I read, Pritchard is like, these are long fucking nights because I have to write five hours of television weekly. So he's trying to find someone to take over Raw. If only they had had a certain advocate for the longest reigning defending WWE champion of all time who could have had that spot. Uh, But instead, they're looking at giving it to Shane. Do you want to sincerely tell me that you don't believe that Paul Heyman will be in Shane McMahon's ear? Oh, no, no. He definitely will, but the Paul, Paul Heyman's in everyone's ear. It doesn't matter. To, to, so I'm actually more happy that it's Shane because unlike Paul, who Vince will unceremoniously kick off of the top of Titan Towers, Shane can act as a shield while... Well, Paul tries to convince everybody to implement his weird no, ideas. <laughs> Shane would throw himself off the top of Titan Towers. <laughs> yeah. Only if Undertaker was at the bottom and could move at the last moment. Uh, now on to AEW. There's not much indie or Impact news, which was weird given the fact that one half of Impact's pay-per-view was this week. Chris Bay is no longer X Division champion, which is fucking weird to me that they decided to do that. That's the only really thing I, I saw coming out of anything. Oh, and um, allegedly EC3 is coming to Ring of Honor. So I guess Impact has got a working agreement with ROH now. Okay, that might be interesting. Because at this point, yeah, these uh, Impact is okay, but uh, Ring of Honor is just the odd man out nowadays. Oh, and uh, speaking of that, uh, unfortunately, we are back to the Delirious era. That whole villain era lasted a long fucking time, didn't it? Because Delirious is back in power, and Marty is out for the foreseeable future. That's what he get. Note to self, never watch Ring of Honor again, 
underline again several times. <laughs> Good night, sweet prince. Your days are now behind you. Yeah, uh, and speaking of creeps, uh, Jimmy Havoc's gone from AEW in addition to B. Priestley and Sadie Gibbs, which is a weird trio because it's just like, oh yeah, we. we- I know, I know, I know why Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's been gone for a while, actually. On there, uh, B. Well, is- uh, he he just got officially released because they said he's gonna go through uh like rehab basically, and we're going to reevaluate his status after that, and then. F- Finally, COVID caught up to them, and they realized we have to release people, and they realized Jimmy would probably be the best. And then B, who I, I think B had gotten into, because isn't B Osprey's girlfriend? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, they also were involved in Me Too bullshit, and so that- Oh, no, that was the poly, the poly was the Pelliana thing where like they blacklisted and it was it's a whole fucking thing yeah so that was rough uh, what did sadie gibbs do? i know that's the worst part can you imagine being sadie gibbs right now where AEW's like we're gonna release these problematic wrestlers b Priestley and jimmy havoc oh and also sadie gibbs <laughs> i was like what the fuck did she do what what actually what did she do because i don't remember seeing her in a on AWTV that much she wasn't she really but she'd been uh, been there like since the beginning from what i've heard they just never really utilized her in any way weird um yeah yeah someone would as some would say the uh can they can they bring Jamie Hader back though, even though they don't have B Priestley? Because she's really good. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna get cl- more to bringing in indie talents now at this point because that's a way to get more interested in the product without having to sign them, i.e., a warhorse. And then I, I know they signed Kingston, but Eddie Kingston, like I think that's what they're gonna move to at least until they can start drawing in a lot more money, which I think they are because they have got uh the the crowds coming back allegedly yeah. hashtag give us the pineapple pete yes <laughs> by the way speaking of indie talent lee johnson's <laughs> back on <laughs> there we go there lee johnson wrestled this week listen man the only reason i'm so excited for that is one he's 0 and 14 <laughs> in singles ma- I, er, in singles I matches i just can't wait for dylan's wrestling history x on lee johnson where he makes up this long fucking narrative about lee johnson like the man trained for years and then he arrived no, he's only been wrestling for two years that's why i'm like hyped on him because he's really goddamn good he had a really good match with ricky starks this week and like during the match you thought maybe fucking like lee johnson will, will win like he's been impressive the whole time but he had like a full like took took Ricky Starks to it. Like, you can tell they're high up on him or people like working with the dude. And, like, mostly it was because he was the losingest person during the COVID era. And, like, now at this point, I'm just like, actually, he is really good. This is this is no longer a rib. He's, he's a good wrestler. He's involved in the MJF storyline after he lost this week. Fucking Wardlow and pants that were literally sagging down off his ass came out and, like, gave... Lee Johnson, like the the MGF pin to put on his tights. Oh, okay, cool. And like, so he's in, he's fully involved in that storyline. So I was like, hey, yeah, that's. And good. as we like, we've seen many times in wrestling, if someone loses a lot, that can really endear them to you, especially if they're good. 
Yeah. Daniel Bryan. <laughs> uh, in addition to that, Ricky Starks is just... I, I, I'm finally on that fucking train with you. I'm on two trains that Dylan's been trying to get people on. And uh, one's, of course, Cameron Grimes. And then, of course, uh, the, uh, the fucking Ricky Starks train I'm already on. He has the best theme song. Oh, yeah, without it's a so doubt. It's so good. It slaps so fucking hard. Every time it shows up on Dark, I'm just like, I don't even care what the match is about. I gotta hear his music. Yes. Yeah. What was the promo he cut? He cut it on Darby, right? He Basically, he cut it... Oh, what did he say? Basically talking about how he's too pretty for hardcore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so good. He's too, or he's too good for it. Uh, Darby Allen looks like he was raised on dog food and meth. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good that, line. That is that basically talking about about how Darby's a punk for using the fucking skateboard of thumbtacks on him, and now he's gonna get his career ended by Ricky. You Starks. look like you were raised because it's Ricky. Like Starks. you look like you were raised on dog food and meth is something that if you had told me that it was an insult that Dylan had made towards someone, I would have believed it. <laughs> yeah, he's there, Dylan. Well, I thought about stealing it. <laughs> Uh, in addition to that, we had been wondering, oh, why isn't Matt Cardona on uh, AEW anymore? Oh, it's because he only signed for five fucking dates. That's it. Well, he only used two of them. Yeah, well, they've only used two, but I'm like, because Cardona was like, what's next for me after this? I mean, I like I liked working with AEW, but who knows? And I'm like, what the fuck? You didn't sign him? <laughs> you just brought him in for a couple there? <laughs> you just wanted to- you will for one match? That's so fucking weird to bring him into that storyline for one especially now that the Dark Order shit's going on now. I swear to God, if Matt Cardona is the reason why Cody retains, I'm going to be upset. Cause they they leaked those spoilers and ba- I, I'm fairly sure the end of the deadly draw basically confirmed that the spoilers were bullshit. Because they said they definitely say didn't say the end of the deadly draw was going to be Nightmare Sisters versus Ivelisse and uh, Diamante, and so that's what I no, went. Uh, they said the opposite. They said it was Swole Family versus uh, Terry J. Yeah, I also believe that uh, several sources, uh, including Meltzer, come out saying that those spoilers were fake. Um, yeah. Which sucks, because, like, some of it sounded good. Like, I wouldn't mind Eric Rowan in the Dark Order. That'd be fun. But, like, outside of that. But, um, I think what they said was, uh, even, even, like, the Reddit mods came out and made a post and said, y'all, we haven't gotten a confirmation on this person, but we're pretty sure it's fake. Um, because I think that, especially with Rowan, like, the spoilers detailed a promo that he would cut, or how he, he would look. Like, he'd He'd either have long hair or he'd be completely bald. And then like the next day or the day before he was in an interview where he was not the right hair. <laughs> it was just some uh, NXT reject sending that shit out to quote Chris Jericho. Jericho's fucking unloading on his Saturday night specials. He really is. I uh, I will say favorite Jericho moment of the week um, when Johnny Garga- Gargano came up with his... Uh, Newest slogan being the Wednesday night, K-N-I-G-H-T, um, and he was complimented by Jericho by saying, I wish I'd have thought of that one first. Yeah, 
It's very good, and it plays into Johnny's gimmick of being a, a comic book nerd. But yeah, I, I, Johnny's been great. Johnny did almost die on NXT. So yeah, that saw was that. Good. Almost broke his neck in two. Yeah. Almost had a Hideo Itami yeah. situation where some giant muscle fucker <laughs> almost almost breaks your neck. And then uh, oh, the God. main event of the show no, hold was on. the... <laughs> Johnny, no, you're not a bushy. You can't take those kind of neck bumps. Yeah. The main event of that show was the most, I think probably gets the record for the most overbooked thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Because I tuned in and I saw... Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa. Do you not remember Cody's initial match for the oh, TNT yeah. title. Oh, man, that one was rough, but man, this one, I tuned in, Cameron Grimes is just on a fucking ladder talking shit to Dream and Finn between it all, and then at one point, Finn starts climbing up the ladder to go after Cameron, but then Dream grabs him, throws him in the ring, then fucking Gargano comes out for some reason, and then, basically, you know like how before every Rumble... They have the pre-rumble where everybody comes out and throws people out of the ring. It was that, but with a five-man match. So only like five dudes kept coming out of the ring and attacking people. And instead of trying to throw other people out of the ring, they were all trying to climb the ladder, and there was just nothing there. Yeah, exactly. I, I do want to see uh, Bronson try to climb a ladder, because, like, that is going to be... He is a big boy. Thick boy. Mm. Thick boy. <laughs> thick boy. But you know where there's some thick boys that... No, that makes it sound like we have an OnlyFans. I can't do that <laughs> one. You, you don't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dylan and I do. Patreon.com slash a load of BS, the website where you can support us and get access to exclusive content like Wrestling History X, the show where we take deep dives into some of our favorite pro wrestling moments. I'm about to release an episode in the next couple of weeks about when John Cena became a babyface for me. In other words, his United States title run. And you can find that and all the other episodes at Patreon.com slash a load of BS. Dylan, who are we annoying? We should annoy Matt Cardona and be like, yo, bro, I heard you couldn't get signed <laughs> yeah. to AEW. What's up with that? If anybody on this call knows not to fuck with Matt Cardona on social media, it's me, the man who told him that he liked the Edison more than La Cava de Tequila and was politely told, fuck, fuck off. <laughs> I'll be right back. I don't feel like that was done politely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That sounds like it was rather rude. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get blocked by Matt Cardona. Yo. Why not? Uh, yo, at... Why is it recommending me Jimmy Avic and Joey Ryan? What the fuck? Our account's terrible. Why? No. Yo. Actually, we could, we could tweet it. We could tweet at Kylie Ray. Would you like to tweet at Kylie Ray instead? Yeah, let's... Hold on. Tell her, tell her we're looking forward to uh, MD Ky Kylie taking over the uh, the deathmatch scene. Oh yeah, that's good. I was. It was one of those moments I had of just like we should tweet Kylie Ray. What should we tweet Kylie Ray? Finish your thought, and then I'll start typing. I'll be honest. MDK might be my favorite thing Kylie's ever done, without a doubt. It's so good.
And then I'm just going to add a nice gif of her smiling. Well, while I do this, let's get into our heels of the week. Blake, would you like to begin? Yeah, I think mine's going to be uh, one of the rougher ones. Well, no, Scotty's is pretty rough, too. I forgot We're about both that pretty one. pretty rough there, buddy! Oops. Uh, okay, so my heel of the week is this utter piece of human garbage that probably was raised on dog food and meth. Um, who attempted to, who attempted to break into and uh, kidnap Sonia Deville? Attempted to try to break into her home and kidnap her. That's fucking step, step one. one. Man is already stupid. Man is already <laughs> stupid. Okay, so this is this is the timeline of fucking events that led to uh, this man running away for his life. The dude parked his car at midnight. Uh, right off of the road that uh, Sonia's house was. And he proceeded to sneak up to her back patio, cut a hole in the patio screen, and waited on it for three to four hours while watching and listening through her windows while she and Mandy were there, right? Yeah. Okay. At 2.43 a.m. In the morning. Yeah. God. He tried to open the sliding glass door of, like, her back porch on the patio, and it activated her, uh, the alarm of the house. So, that fucking promptly led to him running away, Sonya and Mandy jumping into a car, and then getting out of there while the police arrived. The dude was taken into custody, but when they found his car, he and when they found him, he was carrying a knife, zip ties, duct tape, mace, and other items, to- and he told deputies that he was planning to take the homeowner hostage. What fucking drives people? I just, I do want to give him a little credit for coming out that blatantly and being like, what were you doing with all of this? And it, he could have easily been Dennis from It's Always Sunny. They're, they're toys! They're my toys! But he blatantly came out with it. Yeah, I was planning to kidnap him, so I will give him one earnest point for that of the zero that he has. Yes. Um, and you can just, well, he was already in the negatives because this is, he's just <laughs> the, a, like, this is terrible. Terrible, man. Like, this is fucking stalking and attempted kidnapping. Absolutely just the worst kind of human trash that I could ever expect. And the, the fact that it affected a wrestler that I like, and that, you know, it, it, how the fuck are these public personalities supposed to feel safe in their homes when the p- fucking knife-wielding mace heads come in. Yeah, I mean, to- it goes back to, like, last week when we were talking about the Jacksons leaving Twitter. It was like, they found where we fucking live. Like, which, to be fair, there was on a lot of episodes of BTE, but still, like, come That was on. true. Um, it harkens back to, um, oh, what was the stalking situation that went on down at the Performance Center a couple years ago? Oh, that weird guy who just showed up outside of it with, like, a gun and tried to break in? Yeah. Because he was stalking uh, one of the women oh, wrestlers. I, I, I can't remember that full, the full story of that one. But, but yeah, it, he was... it's the same kind of thing. Like, it, and apparently, like, him smearing his shit on things was involved, so fuck that. Uh, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, what? I was busy preparing for my heel of the week. Could you repeat the words you just said? I believe that this person was, like, smearing feces on things. That may be another story that I'm thinking about, and I'm putting the two together. 
But it just... After a while, all the crazy stalker people just blend into one super stalker. To be honest, that happens more often than you might think with stalker stories. Well, my... So this is shitty. Fuck fuck all of this. Thank goodness she had an alarm. Well, let's lighten things up with my heel of the week. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, No, last week... I remember I was like, Velveteen Dream's back, yay. Because all I had known at that point, because, like, during the big... No, 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 your yay was not enthusiastic. No, no, because, like, I I still have that... But in my mind, there was only the one time. Because during Hashtag Speaking Out, there was so much shit that I didn't realize more stuff came out on him during that. And it's come out even more in the past week. And my heel isn't so much him it's wwe because old old trips got on a call and let me see if i can find his exact phrasing because he was like the only reason he was out was because he got into a car, car accident. accident yeah and there was there was somebody grilling him about it and triple h just dropped the subject completely yeah, he basically said, we take it seriously, all these allegations, we looked into it, didn't find anything, which, by the way, one of the accusers, who actually is a up-and-coming indie wrestler who will be having my support in the future, even though I've already forgotten his name, um, he came out and was like, I know I wasn't contacted, and I've talked to numerous other people that have came out with accusations, and they weren't contacted, so... What investigation did you do? Because it seems like they didn't do not shit for this. And then to put him in this big high-profile match, I don't even give a fuck if he wins. To put him in that match is just the worst. It is horrible to me. Like, yeah, I get it. You want to do Thatcher versus Balor. That'll be a great match. You know when you could have had Thatcher attack Balor? During the ladder match. Then Balor doesn't win, which you definitely didn't want to happen anyways. And, but, Even though it would have put some shine on um, that title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just their reaction is completely tone deaf and uh, just... I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, they're not even... It feels like they didn't even approach the situation, period, even though they said they did an investigation where they didn't contact anyone. That's okay. Deadspin slapped him upside the face. Oh, God. That is such a... Dylan, do you have the headline? Yes, I don't have it in front of me. Okay. WWE allows alleged child sex predator (laughs) to waltz back into the ring like like nothing happened. Bap! So good. So pristine. Um, Let's see. Uh, This is from at NXT underscore fan. In other words, someone who loves NXT so much, they made it their Twitter handle. I'm going to put this out here again. Here's a video I took of the conversation I had with Patrick Clark on April 24th. I've seen what Triple H has said, and I've had no communication with them. I've went to police, and even they have not followed up with me. Um, Let's see, and then some more screenshots, and then, of course, hashtag. Here's how you know how bad it was. Hashtag Fire Velveteen Dream was trending more than hashtag WWE NXT. More people were talking about this shit than worried about tonight's NXT episode, meaning that it's fucking a big deal. Which um is very interesting because of course as we know, like uh Wednesday on NXT, it did really well in the ratings because there was 
Yeah, it wasn't an episode of Dynamite. Um, also, someone did edit his fucking Wikipedia page to say, Patrick Clark Jr. is an American pro wrestler currently signed to WWE, where he performs on the NXT brand under the name R. Kelly Jr. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, my, my my final little bit of the great hashtag Fire Velveteen Dream ones is one where it was a picture of Tyler Breeze greater than Patrick Clark, and I'm like, yeah, there you go. The uh, but by, by the way, if if the if the R Kelly bit is true, does that mean instead of Purple Rain, it's yep. his elbow drop is now the Golden Shower? Yeah, it's Golden Rain, <laughs> Golden Rainmaker. Oh fuck, oh, God. man. Fuck that. Fuck him. Fuck WWE for not looking into it. Fuck them for putting him in a title match. It's just so gross to do it. Like, even if even if it turns out that these accusations are false, the way they handled it just makes them look terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially because they fired so many UK guys. Oh, yeah. Over allegations that... Seemingly had less evidence. Yeah, it feels like, I mean, it, it is just, they're, they're protecting him, aren't they? Oh, 100%. Like, and, and they've sunk so much time and money and effort. Yeah. And one, I mean, like, like I said, one of the guys is an up and coming indie wrestler, and everybody's like, oh, he's lying. He's lying. And, and everyone on Twitter at once is like, this is his business. He knows how much it would destroy him to come out with this. Why the fuck would he lie about this? At all. Why would this be? It's the same thing with fucking Jamie Senegal and Matt Riddle. Why the fuck would they lie about that? That will hurt them more than anything else. It is to protect other people before letting these people grow and become bigger if they're a fucking pedophile. Like, that's that's exactly what it is. So, Dylan, can you lighten things up with your heel of the week, please? Feels so shitty about this now. <laughs> What, putting yours on par with a pedophile and a psychopathic stalker? <laughs> like, Yeah, mine's just about, my, mine's just a complaint about, like, nepotism and, like, poor character work in AEW. I suppose a nepotism, I'm sorry. The so, so the Deadliest Draw is happening, which, by the way, this last episode, worst one, horrible. It was 30 minutes, both of the matches were, like, 8 minutes long. Fucking... And and the final is uh, Ivelisse and Diamante, which fine, perfectly good. They they actually did a really they they had some good. Who, who were they against in the semis? Uh, Tara J. So Gercate you're saying you're saying because of your heel of the week, we lost out on those two versus Big and Lil Swole. I'm now even more mad. <laughs> right. So Swole family lost because of Britt Baker interference, which whatever storyline progression. That's fine. Brandy and Allie are heels now. Yeah, you told you told us this before the show, and what? Here, let me ex let me explain this. So, um, uh, fucking Brandy Rhodes has this terrible, terrible habit in AEW with her booking, where once she has any amount of like success or power, she becomes like you know self-aggrandizing. She came down to the ring for the match, and then had the announcer re-announce her. As the best in the world. <laughs> no, no, as the only woman in AEW with her own action figure. Oh, okay. So yeah, definitely. And then she handed it to her. By the way, uh, at one point, uh, Lil Swole did a 
uh, I think it was a Tope Suicida, and took out fucking um, Q, QT. And Brandy ran over like, oh no, oh no! Came out, okay, the action figure is okay, and ran back. That's off. funny. I like, that's not bad. But, like... <laughs> is it, though? Is it, though? I mean, if, that, if that's her obsession as a character, it's a funny bit for it to be, then, we're in the finals. Now I've got a few problems with it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that's not babyface anything like that you don't re-announce and no no that's heel as shit plus Allie's already there i i kind of want to go back to heel brandy babyface Allie, because Allie's a fucking phenomenal babyface without a doubt like if seeing her in tna taught me anything no i want demon bunny i want demon bunny Allie. that shit was that shit slapped <laughs> I wouldn't mind if it was like her fucking Finn Balor transformation, like for Big Mac. Yeah, that shit was great. She she had a lot of great character work in uh, Impact back in the day. Oh, by the way, I do really love what they're. I'm I'm telling you, we're getting closer and closer to Matt Hardy fighting Matthew Hardy every week. We're getting closer. Like he beat that. I will say this was the most satisfying moment for me. Actually, it was last week when Matt Hardy beat the shit out of that fucking referee because he's also known as P Dog in the Atlanta scene, and I hate him. And it <laughs> made me real happy to see P Dog get the shit kicked out of him. Uh. But anyway, that is that is my that's my complaint. It is that one, they're not acting like baby fades. And it's all with this it's this weird like like Allie is clearly just working her way into the nightmare family for some reason, and Brandy is okay with it now because they're winning, and it seems like Allie's a good tag team partner, but now like the success is getting to her her like overall and it's more the fact that they made it to the finals, and there is like a 75% chance they're going to win this title because it's the wife of a VP and someone that's signed to the brand versus two women that are not signed to AEW. Oh, that's right. They're not. I forgot about that. Is it a title? Yeah, and who are supposedly the heel. Granted, like the tournament was supposedly babyface versus babyface, like heel versus heel. So like that was that was a little odd. But yeah, yeah no. Unless fucking Eddie Kingston comes out and, like, takes out QT Marshall and Dustin, like, I don't see, I don't see the, yeah. that'd the, be a uh, the Puerto weird, Rican connection. That'd be, a weird place, that'd be a weird place to bring in Eddie, though. I would bring in Eddie and break up Inner Circle a little bit to where you could eventually build to no, Eddie. I was, I was joking. Don't fantasy book on me. Guys, guys, guys. Please. I think- oh, no, no. My, my fantasy booking's coming later. Don't yeah. you worry. I've got some prepared. Now, listen. I think the thing that you guys aren't realizing is that Cody can't challenge for the the AEW World Heavyweight Championship anymore, so it balances out. There's no nepotism. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, Wait, Dil- he's Dil- what? <laughs> D- Dylan, was there anything good? Perhaps something that was a baby face on, on the deadly draw? On the deadly draw. Uh, it wasn't so much a deadly draw. They let Veda Scott on Dark. Oh, fuck, really? Yeah, and her, she played off of uh, off of Taz and Tony Schiavone uh, really well. I, I think it was uh, the cat, uh, 
Yeah, one of the people was like, and uh, she was talking with Tony. She's like, you know who uh, who coached him at his high school? Good friend of yours, uh, fucking Mongo, like McMichael from uh, that. And, and then Taz was just like, yeah, I, uh, I was at, I've gotten to a bar fight with him at like this one dude's <laughs> bar. So it was this weird like thing where like, like Veda Scott outscoops Tony Schiavone and then like Taz has this story that kind of like tops that. And she was really good. She kept uh like kayfabe frustrating taz because veda scott was a lawyer oh yeah and so she's and he's just like quit using words against me (laughs) she just she plays off it so well and it was so good to see and like she plays well off of uh off of tony but like having taz there having that like one like real play-by-play person because she's great at like putting over heels baby faces she put over ricky stark's huge talking about how she'd seen him like build himself up on the on the scene for years like it really got across gets like gets across the different skills of it because she's like an actual industry person yeah like i I remember a couple of months ago seeing a video on her twitter account where it was full on like i haven't been around much i've been going through a lot but i am veda scott and i am a wrestler please bring me in for shit and i'm really happy that she's got this massive platform i mean obviously she's not wrestling yet but like who knows eventually they may dude she's a she's a great manager oh yeah. i remember when she used to manage cedric and they had that feud with moose that shit was great yeah fucking veda is is a killer i love veda uh blake plus that might mean that once the travel ban is up we might get mike bailey and i really want speedball yeah uh god i can't wait for mike i i didn't realize they were together until i started following it on twitter and i went oh okay oh shit. they've been together for like so long they're so fucking adorable yeah. uh well my baby face of the week is um uh, it's honestly kind of like a past baby face, but man, it's wrestling with a crowd, wrestling with a live crowd, because this Wednesday uh, they aired the first half of All Out on the being, or uh, yeah, I think it was just the AEW YouTube channel, and it made everything feel ten times more important. Like, I, I, I guess it's because I'm used to it, because we've went through six months of wrestling without a crowd that it's made me forget just how much a crowd adds to all of it. And, like, just watching all those matches and rewatching like, Havoc versus Janela versus Darby, which is match of the night for me, and hearing the crowd pop along to all the spots, hearing the crowd go crazy when fucking Jimmy monkey flips Joey, and then Joey lands sitting straight up, up on the chair. chair. God, I'm so glad we got to watch that live. Like, that's the big reason, like, anytime me and my dad go to wrestling shows, he's like, I don't care about the wrestling. I care about being there and being in this massive over 100,000 people and getting to enjoy all these people coming together and cheering and kind of becoming like a hive mind. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Wrestling's great. And I just want to... Except some of those people suck. Yeah, but I I just, I can't wait for... They always sit near me. (laughs) I just can't wait for, uh... I called them my friends. Yeah, I just, I can't wait for live wrestling to come back. Like, first moment I feel safe. Like, I've had moments where I'm like, I don't even feel that safe, but New South's running a show soon, and fucking Pineapple Pete's gonna be on, and I'm gonna go. Yeah, I I understand the feeling, because, like, at this point, um, I'm still, I'm very wary about, like, what, uh, AEW's doing, even having, like, limited, um... limited crowds somebody somebody had to somebody had to to be the first one to try it for that 
And everybody's just like, this is a such a poor deal. I was like, listen, you have no idea what their protocols are because they had a little bit of it before and then they canceled it immediately because people weren't doing it. I was like, they've probably been working for weeks to do that. They didn't just like on Tuesday say like, we're going to let people come in on this day. No, no, I, I think- mean, I would hope they'd be like, you know, being – Following precautions, like their their track record suggests, that they're very good about that because yeah, like, AEW I, I think, locks um, it down. I, I think like it was either last week or the week before that they had fans, like it invited fans. Like I think uh, Jesse Davin, who's on Twitter, like a big name on Twitter, she was there and she was like, "We felt extremely fucking safe." Like the protocol and making sure everyone stayed six feet away. Like me, my husband, we all felt very safe going in there because of all the protocols they had put into place. And I mean, do what you got to do to add to it at this point. Like do whatever you can to kind of outwork the other, the other person, I guess at this point. Mm -hmm. Because fucking WWE's over here finding ways to perfect people from thousands of miles away to be able to project what chance into the stadium yeah <laughs> but uh yeah also secondary babyface man fucking all out was so good all out was such a good pay-per-view once again i'm glad we got to, we watched that one um dylan did you watch it live or did you get to enjoy it for the first time i, I still haven't i'm gonna wait until they release the second part that way i can just spend four hours yeah, no, but you you're gonna have you're gonna have a good time. <laughs> yeah, no, because I I still can't justify paying for a fucking pay per view price for things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can well, buy you- so much other stuff for that money. This is why we uh, we asked people at the hotel to bring us twenty bucks to watch it, <laughs> and they did. Um, all right, on to my baby face of the week, and uh, in a surprising turn of events, given his track record, it's Seth Rollins this week. Um, I'd love to hear your rationale behind this. Yeah, well, it's just because um, earlier this week he was doing an interview, and um, he was talking about uh, I think it was ESPN, but. Uh, he said that he got a list of people that, you know, he could fight at SummerSlam. They wanted to do, like, that he could do uh, angles with, that he could just, uh, like, have a story with. And he chose Dominic. So, um, like, he and he said, I didn't even think twice about it. I think it's a sign of good faith that the company, the people in charge, felt like I was capable of giving this guy his first match on a huge platform. Um, and I kind of felt good about that because even though, like, a lot of the time he's just towing the company line to bend over backwards, he's still willing to, like, be the person to be there and help put over and give new talents, like, what they deserve. Because I think that it's kind of what helped him become a bigger name in WWE and it's kind of what uh he wants to give back. So the fact that he's someone willing to give back, he's not going to be a complete uh like egomaniacal uh bastard behind the scenes. It really speaks that his character he he's got good intentions, but he intends to put his foot in his mouth most of the time. He's kind of awkward if you haven't noticed, um especially with just his interviews and stuff. He it makes me feel a deep hurt inside because I would know that if I was in a similar situation, that's how I would act half the time. And I don't feel good about it, but 
I sympathize with him on that level. Yeah. Um, also, he, he, he did an interview, and I don't know if this is what you're leading into, but he did an interview where he was like, we definitely do still need to improve. Like, uh, he said, there's always stuff to work on. And gosh, I think it's so hard to pinpoint. <laughs> Seth Rollins would say, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so, so hard to pinpoint one thing or two things, really. I think things are tough creatively right now in the sense that we don't know where this whole thing is going to fall. We're in the performance center. We're doing the best as we can as far as what the aesthetics look like, trying to get a crowd in there to make noise. Things from a viewer's perspectives aren't quite the same. If we could somehow, if we're going under the pretense, we don't know when live events are coming back and when a live audience is going to be something in something the size of a sold out Boston garden or whatever. I think making it more fan friendly, making it more aesthetically pleasing to an audience of a television show might go a long way. So he's not towing it as much. <laughs> no, it's uh, he's coming out a little bit uh, like speaking what I think is closer to how he actually feels. Um, also, he did say uh, at another time. Uh, on uh, his relationship with Moxley. We still talk from time to time. I would love to see what he's doing or how he's doing or whatever. When his wife got sick, I obviously checked in on him to make sure he was doing okay and the dogs were good and all that good stuff. (laughs) John, I heard about Renee. I'm so sorry. How are the dogs? (laughs) Tell me about the... I just think... Here's what I think. I think Seth, realizing last summer, oh, fuck, I'm... The guy, because, like, Roman Roman was out around that time, I believe. Like, he had just started coming back. So it was Seth going, oh, I have to be the locker room leader. I have to be the Undertaker. I have to be the John Cena. I have to be the big guy here. And I, I, I just, I don't think that's the guy Seth is. I don't think that's the kind of person he is. So he just naturally gravitated to, what would the company guy do? And so it just led to him kind of going too far in a wrong direction yes that this is this uh quote on reddit uh sums it up for me sometimes i think that seth is is the guy who wants to be cool but always puts his foot in his mouth yeah that's him that's him 110 percent it's almost like uh i mean i wouldn't doubt if seth rollins had a bunch of fucking anxiety going through his life and it's it's him forgetting who he is i think he forgot who he was and now that he's actually getting to tell these fun stories and getting to tell this long-term story with the mysterio family i think he's starting to feel more comfortable and more seth and that makes me happy because at the end of the day we love to fucking hate him, but God, I love Seth Rollins when he's Seth Rollins. Yeah, I think that that puts it into perspective. Also, I just realized, like, I know he left uh, the, most recently to be safe, so he would stay away from COVID, you know, as much as possible. But when you think about his career trajectory, Roman is always like, he's there, and he gets pushed to the moon, but then he's not there for some reason because he's had surgery and injuries over the last few years. Like he's there's always big swaths of time where Roman's out. And honestly, if you look back at some of the biggest names in the business, like Stone Cold and The Rock, there were large swaths of time when they were gone too. That's what added to their fucking star power was not getting to see them every week. Which is why I think Roman Reigns may become one of the biggest superstars of all fucking time. If they let him be, if they let him be Roman Reigns, Seth is forcing himself not to be Seth, which is why we have problems with him. They are forcing Roman to not be Roman half the time, and that's where I have problems. 
All right, well, now on to the end discussion of the show, and it's time to make some predictions, ladies and gentlemen, for NXT porn and SummerSlam. And uh, we I, decided- I, I prefer NXT The Return of Xander Cage. <laughs> That's good as well. I just can't welcome wait. For- to, welcome to the McAfee Zone. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Just SummerSlam, like they've got that epic opening package, and then you just hear like, boom, and then that's the opening of the fucking takeover. If 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 no one rides into that in, into that uh, arena on a fucking like crotch rocket motorcycle, I'm gonna be so disappointed at the lost opportunity. Banana well, hammocks. <laughs> uh, well, well, to start things off, we'll do uh, we'll do Balor and Thatcher. I love Thatcher. Anybody got ba- Thatcher on this one, though? Here's the here's the thing. If we weren't tied, I probably would. But I made a bu- I made a bunch of gambles on the on SummerSlam. So, <laughs> oh yeah. oh god, yeah, this I'm one, seeing um, it. <laughs> a lot of these for me, especially with uh, Takeover. The only reason that I would. Uh, even break away from any of these predictions is if I wanted to just get a good point in, but like this feels pretty set in stone to me, except for the multi matches. Yeah, and speaking of that, we decided usually we we go like whoever's in last place first to pick and then work our way down. Well, we're all tied, so instead we just decided who was the least successful at the last pay per view to go I first. I did the worst. You very much did, which is why we're all tied now. So, uh, Brizongo versus Legato del Fantasma versus Oni and Birch, which one do you get? See, I yeah. don't have to explain myself, I, because no. I was the last You're one to pick. I'm just to like, pick. I took the scrap. Yeah, no, I got Oni Birch. I think the... Because they have the scariest faces. Fuck, that's the that's the most Blake Tanner explanation I've ever heard. <laughs> they, uh, they look scary. I have Legato. Uh, is Legato de El Fantasma or Legato de Fantasma? It's a uh, Legato del Fantasma, and they were they were my first pick as well. So thank you for stealing that from me. Oh, dude, because that faction needs to be just dripping in gold. Because like Fantasma's there. Looking just sexy as hell. And then the two guys that make that up are both people that showed promise and were, like, kind of pushed by WWE in the beginning but lost their way. And, like, now that they are with Phantasma, like, it's like, oh, that's right. They did have talent. So yeah, I feel like I feel like this is their chance to, like, solidify. I love the uh, the segment where they attacked Rizongo by jumping out of a car in... And, and it makes sense, but in the same parking lot, that, I'm pretty sure the same parking lot that Jeff Hardy got ran over in. <laughs> or no, that Seamus got ran over in. I like, I, 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 every time that happens, I just imagine Joe, get better security! Uh, and then I have Brizongo, which honestly, I, if if the tag team champions were anybody else, I'd say I hate having Brizongo, but I kind of don't, because they had a very long, good feud with Imperium. And I wouldn't mind a feel-good moment of Brizongo getting the titles from Imperium and then dropping them to Legato later. So that way you keep a babyface-heel dynamic throughout the oh, whole I, thing. I have the weakest pick because there's no way they're going to do heel-heel, but like, I'm just like, something needs to happen. Make it a, a triple threat somewhere. Um, 
the only match on this card that might have been spoiled by their Instagram page, Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. I'm shocked we all went with Lee, because, like, that was my I'm taking a gamble here pick. Oh, really? I didn't see uh, this uh, this social media post, so I just picked Lee, but I'm not changing it. I'm in for the I'm in for the long haul. Oh no, yeah, no, it, he it, just literally just beat the longest reigning NXT champion. Also, Survivor Series is up next, and if you think for a second that they don't smell like the money of Keith Lee being in that championship triple threat match then you're crazy. I don't know, because I think Cross would work well, too, and Nobody there, knows who the fuck Cross is. He's a big boy. That's all you need to know. Big boy. No, he'll be a big boy on the Survivor Series team, and that's where he'll get himself over. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I'm gonna save it for the end. So, EO versus Kai. Uh, we all, uh, I, I will die. Yeah, I, I continue to die on the, the Joshi Hill, so whatever. I... I, I tend to find myself on the Joshi Hill as well half the time, so I, I just want to get a win. Although, Dylan's about to die hard on that hill come when we get SummerSlam. That's a different hill. That's a different hill. <laughs> that is that is a more important hill to you. <laughs> it is. Dead bodies are on that hill. I would not mind seeing Dakota Kai with the title, and someone described her and Raquel as basically like the modern women's division version of Diesel and Shawn Michaels. And I'd love for a title run and maybe revive her feud with fucking um, Tegan. Yeah, 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 with uh, her. And so I was like, that'd be good, but also it's fucking EO, man. Like <laughs> you just can't not. Uh, and then uh, the ladder match. Which, of course, Blake, would you like to start with your... The Wednesday Blake's night, baby! <laughs> uh, if they, if they want to give, give some shine to that bad boy, take it away from uh, whatever they fucking call it when uh, a title isn't being held by someone. Vacant. Vacant. That's, that's the word that I couldn't remember. Um, but yeah, Gargano. Fuck it. Fuck it. Just fuck it. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Grimes! <laughs> Grimes time, baby. I love him so much. I really do. Listen, I've I've always loved Trevor Trevor Lee as like just off of the previews he would always have with like PWG and like I saw a few of his things uh, and then Impact. Like he he's always been a great heel, just a great like. But with this, somehow he's put it into a new into a new level. Of like back, just backwoods like eighties. You you said it better. He's, he's like a bad eighties promo, but done right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's. I know they won't. I know they won't put it on him. But like, I just, I just want, I just want it. Yeah. I just that's. Well, for me, like I did think this was going to be a new time to crown someone new, send someone to the upper echelon. But for me, I. As much as I want it to be Grimes, I think it's Priest. I think it's old old bow and arrow boys time. Oh no, like, he, he he's definitely my most likely. I looked and I was like, they'll probably give it to Damian Priest, but Cameron Grimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I like pre because there's a reason I don't win anymore. Because I, I love Bronson, but I don't think it's Bronson's time yet. Priest had a big kind of welcome Matt rolled out for him and then didn't do that much so I'm like okay they then were he had gonna that good, wait he had that good feud with Balor oh yeah that's right 
it, in this case, like I couldn't not bet on myself, so I yeah. had to go with, <laughs> with Johnny. All right. Well, now on to SummerSlam, ladies and gentlemen. The and greatest party of the summer. I'll be honest. This may be uh, this first match may be a match that I think is going to give both of these combatants the look that they've always needed, and it's Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville in a hair versus hair match. Oh boy, we all have Rose, and y- yes, yes. I love the way both, like, fucking DeVille's gonna come out of this with some fucking vicious uh, straight-edge society energy that I'm going to die for, and then Mandy Rose comes out of it as God's greatest soccer mom and gives her that, the fucking, I told y'all from the beginning that she was gonna get a fucking Daisy Duke Southern Girl Next Door look out of this Otis storyline, and they're finally doing it, and it makes me so Her happy. gear is so generic now, though. Oh, is it? No, man, give her, like, some, some Daisy Dukes and, like, just, like, a torn-up white shirt. Like, just... Go all in on it. Make Otis influencer. Make give it. Otis just, hasn't even been on television. Oh, Otis still has the money in the bank case, right? Well, speaking of that, hold on. I do love. Usually, we'll put like title match, and underneath it, is there a cash in? We've not bothered with that for months. We're like, that's not gonna fucking happen. But uh, if it does, on- I don't even want to be a part of it. Yeah, but uh, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in what is increasingly becoming my least favorite storyline in WWE. Yeah, listen, I I I, want this to be over. I do too. I just want, I just need the Fiend to win, and then we have more Fiend storylines, and it's great. And I honestly kind of don't mind this being a double turn because, like. No one hates the fiend. <laughs> Everyone likes him. He's like fucking Kane in the later parts. It's just like it's fucking Kane. Fuck yeah, that's who the fiend is. Meanwhile, Braun Strowman is doing his worst Universal Pictures villain or uh, monster impression, and it's the worst thing. And so easily, you it's already happening that you're flipping them. And so just finalize it here. Have Alexa come out join the fiend and become like a new fun uh, associate in the fu- in the firefly funhouse and it's perfect i'd love it as long as i just fucking i can't stand what bronze doing right now oh but you did just give me the greatest like visual of when of that firefly funhouse episode where lexi b comes out Oh, no, no. She'd be like Postman Lex. Postman Lex. Like, like, cute pigtails in a Postman's outfit. (laughs) Uh, And and no more fucking, I came out of the swamp, and now I'm a changed monster spooky boy. That's who I am, spooky boy Braun now. Raw, 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 raw. Everyone who f- I do like that they're finally like acknowledging the whole if you go if you come into contact with the fiend you're gonna get changed. I'm happy that they're finally just openly saying like I fought the fiend and now I'm a big scary monster. Doofa doofa doofa. Um. Also, uh, F- Funhouse Bray was doing an interview uh, earlier this week and they asked uh, him. I can't remember the question exactly, but uh, 
Do you give any advice to uh, Seth on his SummerSlam match? Said, Dominic. Dominic. Bleh. But Prince Mysterio, he's going to come out in new gear. We didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. But uh, Bray said, don't die. <laughs> I love Funhouse Bray doing, like, sit-down interviews. It's my favorite thing. All right, on to our next match of two. And, Blake, you're the only person... <laughs> Or no, it's Dylan. Dylan's the only person who died on this hill. Um, Bailey versus. I have. I, listen, <laughs> listen. He's trying. I'm playing this fifty-fifty. <laughs> I couldn't figure out which one it was, <laughs> so I just went all in on it. Yeah, because so, in which case scenario, I'm really sad. In which case, I would have been sad anyway. One because I betrayed my favorite women's wrestler, and two because she didn't win. But this way. I'll give I'll give up her not winning both for her to win one. That's fine. All right. Well, it's it's Bailey versus Oscar, and you know what? Fuck it. We'll lump it in. Sasha Banks versus Oscar. Uh, the answer is Oscar, and also Oscar. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. All right. I think. Well, my, my argument for mine because I have Bailey retaining and Sasha beating, uh, or I'm sorry, and Oscar beating Sasha. Oscar's on Raw. Sasha's on SmackDown. So for me, it's the easiest route. Because I think the way I would do it, Bailey's first, and Bailey barely gets out of it victorious, but she's beat to shit. And I think I've talked about it on the show. Uh, barely comes out of it victorious, but can't come out for Sasha's match. Then Sasha loses the title. And that's what leads to the breakup is the fact that you weren't there for my match. I came out for your match and helped you, but you weren't there for me. And Bailey can be like, I had a broken arm. Fuck you. Um, mine is this. I, I actually have uh, Sasha Banks winning and uh, Bailey losing because I don't think they care as much about what brand anyone's on anymore. But um, I also just... And it's not logical, but Sasha Banks has never defended her title successfully that I can remember. I, I think that someone even posted that, yeah, she hasn't done it once. So I would like to see that. And also it flips the script. Um, so it after that's over, you would have Sasha as the lone champion of the duo um, of the main championships and Bailey without a championship. Um, I'm actually and trying to I, see. And then I bet that one of you was going to be right, but at the same time liked Asuka too much to bet against her in either case. I'm trying to see. Okay. No, there's on. no way she beats both <laughs> of them. You might win. <laughs> You're probably right. But like, <laughs> Scotty made a really good argument too. And I'm just like, nah, I'm just gonna, now nah, it's just. <laughs> see, I was sitting here going like, well, maybe Bailey's about to break a record because she's it's such a long title reign that that's why i'm saying like leave it on her because sasha it's like yeah she barely had it it's whatever so i was like maybe bailey's about to break a record no bailey broke a record like two like half a fucking year ago oh <laughs> and yeah the, you know the you know the previous record holder was bailey <laughs> like <laughs> oh wait i'm sorry it was charlotte charlotte held it Seven days more than Bailey. Name the five greatest SmackDown women cha champions of the world: Bailey, 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 and Bailey. <laughs> all Bailey, all the time. <laughs> all right, uh, Dominic versus Seth Rollins, Junior Mysterio. 
fucking Prince Simba is coming back to the Pride Lands to avenge his daddy. I like I my my preferred comparison is Thor because it's like Ray is now Odin with the one eye patch and now you have Thor coming to avenge his daddy. And Seth's Loki or some shit. I don't fucking know. Anyways, yeah, it's one of those things that I'm like, it's his first match. He shouldn't win. But also, it's his first match. And you need a feel-good moment for SummerSlam. So, like, Ray comes... Ray will come out probably, uh, take out Buddy, and that allows him to set up for the 619 hit it, and then hit whatever he wants to hit after that. If there is anyone that I would be willing to suspend my rule that like first timers probably shouldn't get the the immediate win it is the son of ray mysterio yeah and so but i i think i mean we all have dominic so but i think it's because the two of you did it and like i said i gambled on the next two <laughs> uh yeah um well the next match should be Apollo Crews versus Bobby Lashley, but it's not, and I don't understand. It is Apollo Crews versus MVP for the United States title, fucking, because this is just never going to die. Yeah, it's just Crews. We're just gonna let's just, just keep cruise going. It. Let's just keep we're, going. It, we're gonna cruise only, on past. The only thing I would say is if like Cedric Cedric came out and turned, like that might be your only saving grace for MVP. But I'm gonna take Crews too. Uh, up next, Street Profits versus the Poison Gang. <laughs> so technically, here, hear, hear me out. The reason I say this is technically they already got their comeuppance against Los Ingobernables de WWE uh, <laughs> okay. on Monday when they like it came out and they came out and they just beat the living shit out of Garza. Like even pinned Garza, got the widow, like got over on Andrade. Like, whatever. So they already got got their thing back. They were they stood tall on Raw, which means obviously they're going to lose. That is a very like tried and true prediction method for WWE. Yeah, <laughs> the SmackDown tag titles aren't here. This is the only thing I have to go off. Of. <laughs> yeah, it's because. Because, like, that's not there. There's no Intercontinental. Nobody else really had a, like, we're standing tall moment. I'm just like, it's you. It's got to be you. Plus, Andrade and uh, and Garza need something to do at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, Dylan I, I, has Garza and Andrade. Scotty and I have the Profits. Yeah, because I just, I'm not going to bet against Street Profits. Now, the, the what I hope is the main event... Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, and this is where my fantasy booking comes in, so I'm just gonna let you two play in the space until I come in. Oh, good, then I can leave? Then I can leave. <laughs> it is almost midnight where I am. I'm not staying up until whatever o'clock so you can, oh, like, no, no, just verbally not- <laughs> masturbate. <laughs> no, it's not It's not a 15-minute. It's a very short one. So. Okay, cool. Okay. okay. Uh, so... How 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 many months has Randy been punting people in the head? Yeah, since WrestleMania. So four <laughs> months. Yeah, four months. Cool. Um, so his comeuppance has to come eventually. Yeah, and Drew McIntyre is like the new face of WWE. 
So to have him just get punked out by Randy Orton. Okay. Right before Survivor Series does nothing for anyone. I'm looking ahead to the next pay-per-view for the triple threat match that ha- that you just told me that Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre sparred. So you're telling me that they're not going to lock up at Survivor Series in that triple threat match. My only but for that is... It's Randy Orton? Yes. Because, like, I, I, I will wholeheartedly agree with you. I said yeah, I was like, gambling. Because it's Randy Orton. God, McIntyre's he's the person one of their punks everyone out, and I hate well, it, but... Well, not only that, McIntyre is one of their best baby faces. Randy is their best heel right now. There's not a better heel on this roster than Randy Orton. And there's also not a more intriguing storyline than the storyline of Retribution. I say during this match, Retribution interferes, fucks up Drew McIntyre, Randy pins him, Gets his hand raised in the air or whatever, and then there's just like a stare down with retribution. So there's a little seed planted. Cut to, Dylan, you're wrong, next pay-per-view is not fucking Survivor Series. The next pay-per-view's a week from now. What? (laughs) Yes. What? Do you not do you not know that? Payback is in a week. Payback what? is literally next weekend. What? We get we're gonna have to do this again fucking next episode? We've got to do predictions for payback and then all out. <laughs> it's like fuck. I gotta change like three predictions after this is done. But yeah, my, no, then it's, it's totally Randy. No, I'm changing this shit right now. No, fuck so uh, what I want is the rematch at payback. Randy versus uh, McIntyre. Uh, the fucking uh, retribution interfere again. And McIntyre, at this point, is prepared, beats the shit out of all of them, turns around to an RKO, gets pinned, doesn't get punted because we got to keep him around for matches. And so Randy celebrating in the ring, and now Retribution gets in the ring. One man stands behind him, unmasks. It's Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa versus Randy Orton, Hell in a Cell. Book it. That's what I want. It's not going to happen. But that is, I'm speaking it into the universe. Um, fuck. You know what? If payback is in a week, Dylan, you might be right on the Oscar Hill. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. That, that is a definite, that is on the table now, actually. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, uh, because. Well, uh, yeah, whatever. But also, Sasha and Bailey are going to be defending their tag titles. That's the only thing announced for. Yeah, this exactly. Point. So one or both of them lose their title, and then they implode in the tag titles, and then they fight for one. I know they're going to fight for one of the women's titles. I just I can't I can't accurately tell which one. So I just bet on Asuka and made peace with going fifty fifty instead of potentially like zero. That's true because like. At this point, one of us, like, you're going to get a 50-50, and Scotty, either Scotty or I are just going to be totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hold on. Let me, let me see what's booked for payback right now. Yeah, the only one is Sasha and Bailey versus TBD for the fucking tag titles. I so, hope yeah, it's Riot that, Squad. Yeah, that might be what happened. But yeah, what I want, that's why I focused on SmackDown, because the whole big deal is they were able to get the Raw title because they had the tag titles that allowed them to go to Raw. 
they lose them next week, which means they're now stuck in SmackDown purgatory, which is why I kept it on Bailey. It also makes a bigger moment because Sasha's ending like a damn near year-long reign in a Hell in a Cell match. I'm excited for Hell in a Cell, if what I've said is going to happen. But until then, what have you boys learned this week? Oh, fuck. Yeah, that. I learned oh, that. Fuck. I, uh... I learned that Tommaso Chump is the leader of Retribution, baby. Let's go. I honestly believe that the so the worst possible booking for it is that it's Mustafa, uh, Cedric, um, Ricochet, and one other person. Yeah, I'm sorry. Anytime I hear Cedric's name, all I can think is when Big E was talking about starting his own heel stable. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to get a heel stable with Cedric. <laughs> I'm going to get Cedric and Bobby Lashley and all of them. Uh, God, I, I learned why the fuck is you, are you going to book a pay-per-view a week after SummerSlam? Like, what? A whole, a literal, God damn it. Yeah, got a week to b- build this. I like somebody online was like, "Hey, maybe it's a uh, maybe it's just like a network special." And someone said, "No, it's a pay per view. That's what they blatantly said. Is it's a pay per view?" Okay, so that's where the SmackDown tag titles, the Intercontinental. Yeah. Fuck, dude. I don't. <laughs> yeah. So there's gonna be three title matches. Yeah. Maybe All four right. if they feel like using the fucking cruiserweight title. Well, where can people find y'all on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Blake Hey Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Video on YouTube, and here on the BS Network, doing all of our great podcasts, like a load of BS. Um, the other ones that I do, because now my mind is just totally shot. The concept of having to predict another pay per view in approximately a week has broken you. I'm fucking why. There's always JWF Ignition, ladies and gentlemen. The pro wrestling show without pro wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> yeah, if you want wrestling, but you want to get it on your commute or get it on the, 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 not the runway. What's that thing called? What you run on at the gym? Treadmill. <laughs> the treadmill? Whatever. You can get JWF Ignition, and you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-E-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. You can buy all of my books, mainly BS versus the Gods, on Amazon, and you can find all the other programs, including the brand new show, Sammy Magic, at a load of pure BS.com. Special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song, Fighters. Mega Ran will never book a pay-per-view a week after his <laughs> last pay-per-view, so, it's like, give him the love. It has broken you! You are a broken it's man! It's so stupid. I know they've got other matches they can do now, but f- what fuck, man? And as always, you can find us at alertofyourbs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.alertofyourbs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Kylie Ray, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life! <laughs>